today Enya Enya very sad very sad day I've been listening to a lot of her music uh, all day today probably all week as well mm. I think I will too Sophie I hope I hope a lot of I hope everybody listens to Enya today I think everyone to tribute one of the greats very, very sad. Such yeah. an impactful artist. Just beautiful stuff. Mm. Just beautiful, but so sad if, you, if you're listening today, and as you should be. It's very sad. Tribute one of the greats. One of the best. Yeah, definitely a very sad day today, but uh, we won't dwell on it too long. Yeah. Just enough to respectfully pay tribute and... Uh, you know it's beautiful music it's just beautiful it's good and it's sad but it is good it's, and it's very sad it's very and yeah it's sometimes yeah I think to myself wow and yeah I think that too I think it's great music but um yeah again we won't dwell on it too long today it's uh very sad. Shows Robbie's Modern Life right now on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. We deep dive on everything music and music related. Uh, my name's Robbie Armfield. With me in the studio today is Sophie Gordon. Good day. How's things? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, uh, what good. about you? Yeah, not much. Yeah, but... yeah, I might. I might after listening yeah. to that. You just heard Bernie Bolgi oh, there in the studio as well, offering a tissue there, mate. How's things? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, doing well. Doing That's well. Good. Hey, um, do you remember this English pop star? Remember her? Do you? Talking to us or? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Rob. Uh, how could I forget? We uh, we covered that very song. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. City. That's right, that's right. Yeah, bulletproof. Well, a woman at Sydney Airport was arrested over the weekend that shows a striking resemblance to the bulletproof singer LaRue. Unfortunately, unfortunately, though, once arrested, a similar, a separate altercation in the vicinity resulted in shots being fired from attending police. Unfortunately for the LaRue lookalike, one of these bullets actually grazed her femur, causing great pain.
Uh, all the best for the recovery for the LaRue lookalike. She's currently in a stable condition in St. Vincent's. And QR codes at Zebra Crossings. As if COVID-19 pandemic restrictions couldn't get any more bizarre if they even tried to not do it, the state government is doing everything in their best interest to try and not avoid making a botched attempt at what's, let's be honest is never going to happen. It's a tough spot for them to be in, and we'll be touching base with this again shortly to get to the bottom of it. Exactly right, Sophie Gordon. That's coming up on the show today. Also, Simply Horrific. This is Simply Horrific. Now, there's some outrage amongst Woolworths shoppers on social media uh, over the weekend after deadly discovery at a Bondi store. They're calling it Simply Horrific. More to come on that very shortly on Robbie's Modern Life. And you might have seen this. The Australian Prime Minister did something a little interesting on the television last night. Did you know that what that was? Text in 0409-945-945. There's a little bit of a clue there. Mm. RML right now on FBI Radio. Happy Valentine's Day. My name is Cupid Valentino. The Martin Day Cupid. And I just want to say one thing. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Outcast. Classic there from Speaker Box, The Love Below. The music show right now on FBI Radio. Deep diving into all things albums, EPs and songs. Robbie Armfield in the studio here with me, musicologist Sophie Gordon. Hey, good day. And local DJ Bernie Bolgi. Checking in on the cure. <laughs> Ding. Oh, isn't that weird? Hey, before the break there, we uh, asked you about a little thing that was on the television last night with the Australian Prime Minister. Did you see it? A lot of you have got it right. And Dale's got involved as well, Soph. Yeah, Dale, thanks. I'm choosing RML over the Super Bowl halftime show with Kendrick Lamar. Just a heads up, no Whoa. pressure. Happy Valentine's Day crew from Dale. K-Dot's at the Super uh, Bowl. Yeah, and get this, Dale gave us another update. Dr. Dre and Snoop also there. Ooh. Sheer deaf keeping RML at max volume. Oh. Definitely. I thought he was going to say deaf switching over yeah, to thanks, the Super Bowl, Dale. but that's good to hear there is. Keeping it locked. Exactly. Right. five. Yeah, on RML right here until 1pm. Hey, some of you might have seen the 60-minute special last night on Channel 9 with Carl Stefanovich interviewing Scott Morrison and his family at home. Even if you missed that, it was pretty hard to avoid a clip of him playing April Sun in Cuba on the ukulele. Take me to the April Sun in Cuba. Bernie, who has a professional music career, spent the weekend investigating the musicology of this performance and why something just sounds a little bit off about it. 
When I first heard Scott Morrison's version of April Sun in Cuba on the ukulele, I knew something was wrong. I sat down at my piano and played the original version, working out the chords and melody. The song was originally performed by Sydney via New Zealand rock band Dragon. It was released in October in 1977. I'm sure some of the heydays of Scott Morrison's youth. And it has a key of C sharp major. It sounds like Scott Morrison has the chords correct in his version of the performance, but something just sounds wrong in the hook. I concluded I needed some help pinpointing what exactly was wrong with his version. I phoned up co-host and good friend of mine, Robbie, who has played drums for 20 years. Um, so yeah, he's got the wrong chords, I think, but rhythmically, the voice, the vocal part makes sense in the context of his version. Overall, it's wrong, but rhythmically, it, it triggers all those it makes some sense in your head. You go, oh, that is that song. But that's like any cover of different songs, you know, that they have that artistic license, you know. But I do think it's a, di- I, I believe it's different chords. I believe it's a different sort of approach, you know. So it sounds like there's something more at play here. If he's rhythmically correct and melodically wrong, then what's going on with the melody? I needed a more professional take on this. So I phoned a good friend, co-host, and professional musicologist, Sophie Gordon, to try and help crack the code. So he doesn't return back up to that top note at the end. He, oh, but uh, the original song actually does not begin on that G, as I said before. It gets a semitone uh, flatter on, it, on an F sharp. Yeah, okay. This is the weird thing, though. Uh, this oh mm. uh, refrain. Um, is the same in both instances of the song. Scott Morrison has just kind of gotten it, uh, the first half of the song wrong, I suppose. Right. So what is going on in his brain, Sophie? What would cause him to play the melody wrong like this? Some people can actually perform something, in this case, you know, sing and, and play an instrument. They hear it in their own head as it being in key, mm. uh, when to others it's just simply not. Uh, it's a phenomenon known as tone deafness. Um, They're simply just not aware of their surroundings or how they're being perceived at all. It comes down to a lack of awareness, I would say. And you think this is something Scott has? Uh, I'm not sure from this one, you know, performance that the evidence is conclusive enough, but it is definitely a possibility. After my chat with Sophie, I felt like she was being a bit generous. If the evidence of Scott Morrison's tone deafness is inconclusive, like it is here, it seems that beauty really is in the eye of the beholder, or in this case, in the ear of the listener. Back to you guys in the studio. A fascinating exploration there, Bernie. Thanks so much for that. What a weird thing, wasn't it? It was confusing. It was quite disorienting. Uh, no worries. Yeah. So? 
So what do you uh, think? Oh. Was Scott Morrison a tone deaf? Text in 0409-945-945. Burn, can we hear that ukulele performance one more time for the listener? Sure thing, I'll bring that up. Take me to the April Now with the analysis provided from all the musicologists on the show, what do you think? Take me to the Is Scott Morrison tone deaf for doing this? And just to clarify, this is the original. Let's mix that in with the ukulele there. This is up to you, though. What do you think? 0409 945 945 is Scott Morrison... Tone deaf, would love to hear from you. This is Robbie's Modern Life on FBR Radio 94.5. Girl, I'm in love with you, baby, baby. I want you to know that I'm not going to Sick of copying it on public transport? Why don't I get a car? Cars. It's easy. Get a car to drive. Robbie's Modern Life, FBR Radio, 94.5 FM, Get a Car to Drive. Now, earlier, but we were just discussing Scott Morrison's landmark performance of Dragon's April Sun in Cuba on Channel 9's 60 Minutes program last night. Take a listen. Take me to the April Sun in Cuba. Oh. The big question was... Is Scott Morrison tone deaf? Bernie, our in-house musicologist, did some deep diving and he came across some interesting findings. Yeah, we looked at the rhythm and the melody of his performance and worked out that there was something slightly strange about his melody. Turns out something called uh, tone deafness can happen sometimes when you we are hearing one thing and for others it's something completely different. Professional music musician Sophie Gordon had a few ideas about it. You were leaning more towards him seeming tone deaf, is that right? Yeah, yes, I think so. I I couldn't conclude that he definitely was tone deaf. I suppose that's why we put it to the text line. Mm. Uh, but there was definitely something going awry in that uh, clip. Absolutely. Disturbing, to I, say the least. I would say so. I would say so. You've been getting in touch on the text line 0409 945 945. Dave reckons, yeah, totally tone deaf. Uh, but uh, also Kurt's got involved saying Scott Morrison is tone deaf in more ways than one. Okay, interesting call. Mm -hmm. Mm, Also from anonymous texter from Kudji. I thought he wasn't too bad in the video, but I am no expert. After hearing that expose, I think he might be tone deaf. 
TJ as well said I wasn't sure if he was tone deaf or not, as I am not a musician, but thanks to the analysis of the RML team, I think Prime Minister Morrison is in fact tone deaf. Thanks, mm. TJ. That's no. interesting. And well, that's on the text line, but we also put up a Twitter poll, didn't we, Bernie? Yeah. We've put a Twitter poll up and... Uh, <whistles> check that now. 39% affirmative. Saying that he is tone deaf. Uh, I'm not sure. Right. Uh, uh, well, 41% unsure. And 80% uh, want to hear the clip again, so here's the clip. Oh, okay. Which one? I think... Oh, mm, I think that clip, yeah. So that's the original, and this is Scott's take Scott's on it. Version. Yeah. Take me to the April sun in Interesting. Keep those texts coming in. Is Scott Morrison tone deaf? It was a real landmark performance there. There are few greater honours than being inducted into the Royal Australian Navy. Yeah, what are those? Not much, really. What greater honours? Yeah. No, there are few greater honours than being inducted into the Royal Australian Navy. The competition is fierce and the bar for entry is not just as simple as filling out an application and emailing it to the government. To even be considered for our naval forces, one must pass many aptitude tests, including the pre-entry fitness assessment or to those in the know, the PFA. Also known as the PEFA, the PFA. For many years, the PFA or the PFA has been the the most reliable qualification on whether someone will buckle under or rise above the relentlessness of the high seas. Rear Admiral Commander Rhys Haymarker has famously said that he can tell if new recruits will wince and cry under the hellfire of enemy bombardment or fight until their dying breath based solely on a combination of their initial handshake, the firmness of their, of that is, and uh, the contents of the PIFA results. That's right, Bernie. As of February 2022, these are the expectations of enlistees when undertaking their PIFA or PFA. <laughs> However, these are all about to change this March. Mm. So these are the ones that are about to change. Men and women under the age of 35. Sit-ups, feet held, 20 choice of cardio component, 2.4 kilometer run at two o'clock or five kilometer walk under 43 minutes, or shuttle run score of 6.1, or 500 meter swim under 13 minutes. Once you join, a basic swim test consists of a three meter platform jump, a 50 meter swim, a 10 meter underwater swim, and a 15 meter treading water exercise. Now, we should say- probably, So this is the original piece. You're probably wondering at this point why we're even giving you this information. Yeah, it's, I know. it's a bit wordy, there's a lot going on. Nobody's the in the Navy, like people don't yeah. go in the Navy anymore. So it's like- well, For what? the everyday, you know, Australian person sitting at home, this is broadcast across the country, uh, listening at home, uh, to, to this is probably going, scratching their head going, mm, is this information relevant to me, Sophie? Uh, yeah, you're probably wondering. Uh, the Royal Australian Navy has been on blast lately for this outdated test of one's cap- 
capability to serve the country. The Navy has acknowledged that they may need a more holistic approach to physically evaluating potential candidates for the forces. They're also aware that the changing demands of naval combat and the habitual activities of seamen recruits means that the test for entry needs to be needs to better reflect the actual expectations of high seas life. It's a very well-worded press statement, isn't mm. it? Ever and been given, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Navy has... Uh, they've updated their requirements for PETFA, which we've said many times already, um, on their website to uh, include many other aspects for how someone might fit into the Navy. This includes flat rolls, lying on the back, knees raised, arms at 90 degrees, rolling the body, doing a nice little demonstration here in the studio yeah. uh, rolling the body side to side continuously five times now this mimics the re- relaxation on the open sea um, yeah. what else we got here Soph? shaft twists upright legs at shoulder width and you turn the torso for five minutes without failure Rob you're demonstrating Bur- again yep yeah. burpees as well push up to complete stand with arms raised five completed within 45 minute wow. period we've also got a wood block at puzzle this is a moving appropriately sized wood blocks into their respective empty space on a digital 2D space completed first three levels in 30 minute period that's key Royal Navy Code of Conduct Memorization. One statement provided during the assessment will need to be memorized and recited by end of 10-minute period. Approx 20 words. Mm, now, the resourcefulness test. You're chained by your ankle to the bathroom floor with one partner also changed at the opposite end of the same room. Together, you must use the items strewn about the room to escape within eight hours and also uncover the mystery of a man lying face down in the middle of the room. This is where it gets interesting. Yeah, it's not all physical. They're updating the PFI here in a way that engages the mind more. Mm. As we heard from the initial ones, it was all physicality, you know, yeah. swim here, run there. This is really engaging problem solving. Yes. And it might actually improve the, um, you know, the Navy. Uh, We've also got a mental resilience test. Uh, This is how it reads. You are accused of having cleaned the starboard deck poorly and must calmly accept the berating provided by a superior officer. A 20-minute berating, that is. Tears allowed, but must be cleaned up respectfully. No backtalk permitted. Now, this is just going to... That would be grueling. This is going to break a candidate. (laughs) I mean, for me, I would be bawling. I'd be guffawing with tears. Definitely, and I definitely wouldn't be able to clean the tears up uh, politely or respectfully. No, exactly. Yeah, this is where the tests become a bit more holistic. This is The next one's a loyalty test. So there's a round table with nine other people. They must share a secret to the recruit on your left and under no circumstances share the secret provided to you with anyone else at the table. So this is oh, okay. a 10-minute discussion. It's quite holistic. Yeah, to pass this, you just have to maintain the secret, keep the secret. Any guidelines as to what the secret might consist of or...? Uh, well, that's a secret, Rob. So we will. People who have gone through this first round of tests have said that it's very uh, useful, but they don't know. We can't. They can't tell us what the secrets are. That's okay. This is more back to basics. This next one for the Navy. It's sort of bread and butter. This one's called the gun test. So in this one, five people are given a loaded gun each and told not to shoot, but must hold the gun up to their faces in an intimidating manner. So that's like to each other's faces. You know, ha- I believe. Yeah. yeah, to each other's faces. The Almost days, like your man. traditional standoff. Yes, yes. Safety off. Safety off as well. They mustn't sleep until someone cracks. Now, how we define cracks is something interesting here. They haven't stipulated in the official PFA announcement. but uh, And that's the end of the, the, the little draft release they've given us here. Do you agree with this? I'd love to hear from you. 0409 945 945. Should we be including these sort of different elements into the fitness uh, you know into the fitness element fitness yeah 
finagle recruits. Technically, this is all under the umbrella of physical fitness, the PIFA exam for the Navy, which is really interesting. And uh, would you want to uh, be enlisted to the Navy? Text in 0409945945 if you really wanted to join the Navy. Would you do this test? Would you do this, PIFA? Would you be the, in the Navy? Let us know. 0409945945. RML right now. FBI radio. See you in a moment. Enjoy this one by Bob Dylan. You get seasick, Daniel. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> FBI Radio 94.5 FM. My name is Robbie Armfield. With me in the studio is Sophie Gordon. Yep, I'm here. And, f- and professional musician Bernie Bolgi. Yeah, what's up? Huge hello as well to our professional producer, Mitchell JC, holding down the home fort. Big Hell clicks yeah. for his help today. Yeah. Hope you having a good day, everyone. Yeah. Thanks for being with us. Now, moving pictures, the cinema, popcorn, phones on silent. Hmm. Imagination on loud. <laughs> Eyes open. Ears Correct. Getting the picture yet? Yep, that's movies at the cinema. Sometimes a movie can be really good, right? But then at the end, just completely fall apart. Titanic comes to mind. Planet of the Apes, Grease. Movies like Baby Driver. In 500 Days of Summer, they've got some of the most famously bad endings of all time ever. And that's not even touching Shutter Island. Island yeah. yeah. But with the bad comes the good. And there are bad movie endings. It means that there are also good ones when they're bad. And it makes the good ones even better. 2022 is looking like a huge year at the box office for Australia with some great movies, with some great endings. And today on the show, we're going to be talking you through some of the best endings that have happened so far in movies in 2022. You like to play a game, Tara? So this movie is a scary movie. It's called Scream 5, The Scream, and it's got lots of horror elements, I believe. Is that right, Sophie? You've yes, seen yes, this one, it yeah. is a movie of the horror genre. Really great. And one of our best movie endings of the year so far. So a horror warning for this one. Yeah, yeah. I, it's pretty scary, uh, especially the ending. So, like, after Tara fights Amber and Sam attacks Richie, Gail breaks free and shoots Amber, who lands on the stove and is set on fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sam gets injured, uses Amber's abandoned knife to stab Richie repeatedly before shooting him. Okay. Uh, and then Amber attempts to attack the group again, but is shot dead by Tara. When Tara and the Meeks twins are taken to the hospital, Sam thanks Sydney and Gail for their help. And Gail refuses to write about the new murders and give the killers notoriety, opting to write a tribute to Dewey instead. Okay. It's a really great ending. So that's a good ending of Scream 5, The Scream. Violence warning. Yeah. Now it's time for... The next best ending of 2022, Spider-Man No Way Home. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? 
They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. Oh. And this one, Spider-Man No Way Home, Peter Parkin is revealed as the identity behind Spider-Man and chaos ensues. After the Green Goblin kills Aunt May, Spider-Man tries to kill the Green Goblin to no avail. But right when the magic spell is about to end, all of the villains come back into their respective universes and it makes everybody forget Spider-Man is Peter Parker's existence. Yes, so awesome. Like, just, it's all wrapped up nicely in the end with that magic spell. I love the way they keep bringing this one back. This one's Spider-Way No Man Home, and I love the ending. This is one of the best endings of 2022 for sure. Next up on the list of the best endings of this year's movies in 2022 in the cinema, we've got Death on the Nile. Someone is dead. The crime is murder. This is one of those movies that just goes on and on and on. But when it finishes, boy, is it a good pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay with me here. It's really good. So motivated by the death of Poirot's closest friend, he reveals that Simon was, in fact, Lynette's killer with Jackie as the mastermind. They're still lovers as they arranged Simon's romance with Lynette. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, So Simon would inherit her wealth once she's killed. Louise witnessed Simon killing Lynette with Louise witnessing it and then shot himself in the leg with Van Schoeler's scarf as a silencer in time for Windersome to arrive. Simon later disposed of the murder weapon while Jackie later killed Louise and Book. While engaged in a standoff with Poirot and Salome, Simon attempts to escape with Jackie, but Jackie, knowing there is no escape for them, shoots through both of them, killing the two lovers. It's complicated, but it ties it all together really nicely. It's confusing, but uh, they solved the murder uh, at the end, and it just wraps up the film so nicely. That's one of your favourites of the year, yeah. definitely, Sophie. And as I say, like this one goes on and on, but it finishes nicely, and it's definitely one of my favourites as well, ending to movies, 2022, yes, for sure. this year. Heads up! This is a language warning. The Mother Experiment. Who ah. doubt? Eight more to go. All right, for now. What the fuck is this experiment? How many more fucking mothers do I have to drink? Give me the next one. What number am I up to? Four? Fuck this. I'm so fucking energized. One man, ten cans of Mother Energy Drink. The Mother Experiment. Find out what happens on the next episode of Robbie's Modern Life.
wet on my way to work. Sick of copping it on public transport? Why not get a car? Cars. It's easy. Get a car to drive. RML, FBI Radio, Robbie, Sophie, Bernie in the studio, Mitch holding down the home fort. Check it out, lovebirds. It's that time again. The Romance Advice Column. Valentine's edition. Who's your Valentine? What's their name? The Romance Advice Column. You got a star sign? It's only fitting that on Valentine's Day, we have a very special mm. edition of our fan favourite segment, Romance Advice Column, where you, the listener, send in your relationship, sex and dating questions for advice from us. We've had some cracker questions recently. You might remember Ivy's question about dirty talk boundaries last week. A couple of weeks ago, Mark had some worries about erectile dysfunction and lasting in the bedroom. And a really interesting one was Belly's Wet Dreams conundrum, where he couldn't stop dreaming about his family pet. Yikes. It's dark, but it's fascinating, and we love to help where we can in romance advice. Over the weekend, we asked you some advice on behalf of one of our listeners. Here's what they wrote in. My husband and I have been struggling financially for some time now. We both work, but our income is not enough to get us out of debt and cover our mortgage and other family expenses. After seeing how much money people can make by selling sexy content on online platforms like OnlyFans, I'm considering starting my own account to make some extra income. My husband said he's fine with this as long as it's only sexy photos, no videos. I'm comfortable with sharing my body, but I'm worried about how this could affect our two young kids. They're the main reason I'm determined to improve our finances, but I'm concerned that they might get teased by other kids if they find out once they're old enough to go to school. What should I do? As always, you can remain anonymous and this person will, but thank you so much for getting involved and you've been getting in touch on Twitter. Your response is here. Yes, we put the questions to you, the question to you on Twitter and thanks so much uh, for all your advice. We'll be passing it on to Anonymous. Mm. Uh, first up, Kirsty and Glebe. Why not see a financial planner and see where you're wasting your money? Is it because most of your money goes towards childcare and you don't have much left from your wages? Maybe it's not worth you both working full time. Maybe your husband should quit his job to look after the children if that's the case. Interesting tip. Yeah. Mm. One here from Paddy. The more detrimental thing for kids would be ending up unhoused or unfed. You do what you got to do for the benefit of your family. That's a lovely text. I love that yeah. support. But it also reminds me of the TV show uh, FX drama Breaking Bad. You guys seen that? Oh, yeah. Where yes. It's an ethical conundrum, right? Where he needs to raise money to deal with a certain bad situation, but he does it through drugs. Well, it starts to slide into a gray area. It starts off with his raising money to pay for his cancer and to give money to his kids for the future. And it just ends up being something that is much harder to discern. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a conundrum. Um, And that show has a really great ending as well. That really got me thinking. Really good. Walt gets shot up at the... Doesn't he? At the meth factory at the end. And there's a great shot of him lying dead in the factory... Uh, and he's the, the bloody hand slips. He slips and falls on the thing, and Jesse breaks free, and he's driving the El Camino. 
out and the, the, the lovely ending of El Camino as well the movie spin-off is that he, he gets free as well mm. um, which is great okay very cool um, romance advice column Matt in Burwood has responded to this situation saying Imagine going to a party with hubby and kids and someone recognised you from your photos. Could you both stay while others at a party discussed your photos? He may say he's okay, but I'm sure the big green-eyed monster will appear. Get some financial advice and good luck. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, one. interesting. So that took a jealousy kind of point of view. Uh, Ruby in Newtown with some very sage advice. You should learn how to budget. Thanks, Ruby. Yeah. If you have explored other options, like applying for higher-paying jobs, no luxuries like alcohol, smokes, Netflix, takeout, drugs, etc., well, maybe it might be a good option, as obviously people can make a living from it, but you have to be comfortable with it. That's from Katie in Anonymous. That's good advice. Anything you do, you should have to be comfortable with it. Yeah, I mean, especially in the show Breaking Bad, we remember how they had difficulty budgeting. And you know what's funny? The more money he made the more difficult his ethical conundrum, I believe. He started to... He got got greedy. Uh, This is the problem. Season 3, Episode 8, the episode in which Skylar actually takes the money and gives it to somebody else, the crawl space money under the house. Do you remember that one? I do, and I think my experience with Breaking Bad is leading me to the opinion that be careful of greed. Anonymous. Be careful of greed because, you know, there's nothing wrong with jumping on OnlyFans. If you do, though, be careful. You might make so much money that you might hunger for more and more, you know. And there's never, there's not an end to that unless Breaking Bad's ending, you know. Breaking Bad, uh, available to stream online, FX classic uh, TV show, is really a moral tale. It tells you, it's a mirror up to society about how greed can just rot you. It can rot a human being. A good human being can rot them from the inside out. (laughs) Okay, coming up next week on Robbie's Modern Life. Coming up next week, language warning. Yeah, look, guys, I don't know if I actually want to do this now. I know we're here, but do you think maybe we could do this later? Please, please, Oh, there is no way I'm going in there. All right, how hard could this be? What the fuck, you psycho? What the fuck? What the fuck? The world's loudest room. Will Robbie survive? That's coming up next week, language warning. The world's loudest room. Robbie's Modern Life coming up next week, the world's loudest room. You're going to want to stick around for that one. It was pretty harrowing, right? Yes. Do you and go in? Find out next week. Find out next week. Hey, it's a big thank you for being with us today, Sophie Gordon. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for listening, listener. Thanks, Bernie Bolge. I hope there's more than one, Sophie, but thank you so much, listener. And thank you to our super producer, Mitchell JC, holding down the home fort. My name is Robbie Armfield. The show is the show is Robbie's Modern Life. You can listen back on the podcast, Robbie's Modern Life, wherever you get those. Hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. It's been such a pleasure hanging out with you. And we're on Spotify podcasts as well, proudly. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so you can stream us on Spotify. Yes, that's right. But Coming up is another deal. show on FBI Radio. Stick around for that. And we've got eight minutes left with you, so stick around for that. Shit. Make it up by Terza right now. We've got a few more minutes left with you here. We'll be joining with you some, with music, some music, I think. Yeah, the music is going to get us to the last minutes. We get through to lunchtime. Lunchtime.